This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm super excited to be here with you. As always, I'm excited that we both get to be with our guest, Jen Murray. I'll tell you all about Jen in a minute. And we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of things, but included in that, I feel like the the overarching topic is breathing and breath work. And I'm really excited to dive in because it's become a really important piece of my own life. So let me tell you a little about that, actually. I think we're going to have a little tangent here at the beginning. So one of the reasons why I'm really passionate (laughs) about having Jen on. Jen, by the way, is a current Flow 365er who's growing a business and showing up as an amazing mother and taking amazing care of their body all at the same time. And that's what we tend to do in Flow 365. We take all these different pieces of life, our work and our legacies and our families. And sometimes that's kids. Sometimes they're kids who've left the house. Sometimes they're teenagers, right? Like all the ages. And a lot of times these days, we're also caring for aging parents. I am not there yet, but there are many Flow 365ers who are. And we have homes and we're mostly at this stage where our bodies need some attention. And They're sometimes screaming for it. And there's just so many places that seem to need our time, places and people that need our time. And what we do is we come together and we really prioritize and figure out how to do all of that in a way that does not burn us out or make us exhausted or make us resentful or any of those things. We really want to live our best amazing lives, because that's the season that we're all in. It's just our to-do lists don't always reflect that. So breathing has become an important part of all of this. And once a month, actually, in Flow 365, we pause for one session that is recorded for those who can't come live. And we really focus on the energetics, on the spiritual part of it all. And breath is a big part of that. We have two practitioners, Julie Hannon and Kelly Lubeck, both of who have been on the podcast. So you can go back and listen to their episodes if you haven't heard them recently. They've both been on, I think, a few times at this point. And we learn different ways to breathe. We breathe together. We meditate. We do all the things because 
I have found that these tools really help me to get way more done than I could ever get before them. They're really the feminine part of all this. They're the part that overcomes the obstacles in ways that like more things on our list just cannot do. So I'm pretty passionate right now about breath work. And so it's folded in in that way. It's also folded in like in really subtle ways to everything we do. We have these get something done sessions pretty much daily that are 90 minute co-working sessions. And we just show up to like get the work done. You know, people come and they write emails and record videos. I'm actually admittedly recording this podcast intro while we're on a get something done session. <laughs> this is how we do it. But it's like, you can get so much more done in the company of others. You're not talking to them. They're not helping you procrastinate. They're helping you focus. But we start these sessions off with breathing and really getting centered and really getting clear in our bodies to be able to be clear enough to sit and do the work and not follow shiny objects down random pathways <laughs> instead of doing the things that we said we would do. So breath is really important to that. It's been a really important piece of that. I also have integrated, like those are simple breaths, right? That might take, I don't know, not even a minute sometimes to do four box breaths, Google box breaths. They're really cool. It's when you Inhale to the count of four, hold for the count of four, exhale for the count of four, hold that for the count of four, and you keep going. And you can imagine yourself sort of drawing the sides of a box of a square as you breathe. And so if each box is 16 seconds, you know, when you do three of them, it's still under a minute and it's you feel so relaxed. So you can do it for under a minute. And what I've been doing as well is I've been starting off my days personally I've been really working on my morning routine and how I'm starting my days and how that sets me up energetically and just in taking care of my body and taking care of my mind and my soul and all the things that I'm needing to care for these days to really feel like I can show up to my clients and to you and to my family and to myself in the ways that I'm wanting to. And so I've been really dialing in that morning time. And one of the things that's been really important has been taking time to breathe. And the breath that I've been doing is the breath of fire. And it's made a really big impact. And sometimes I only do it for like four or five minutes. Sometimes I do it for 12 but it doesn't take me that long. And I just feel like a new human after. I was challenged to do that by Julie Hannon, who is a teacher in Flow 365er and teacher in Flow 365 and a Flow 365er and teaches us a lot of breathing in there. But I was doing her program and she challenged us to do that. And I just, I love every bit of it. So that's a little bit about how breath is showing up for me right now and why I'm really excited to get Jen on the show in a second. So before we do that, I just also want to tell you that we have a workshop coming up. I love doing workshops and December was like a lot. December and January were a lot because we had open enrollment maybe for a little bit longer than we ever will again. And we did a lot of workshops. So I sort of put pause for a minute. But now I'm really excited to do a workshop about following through right now and what it looks like to really fulfill our promises to ourselves, especially around those goals that we set at some point, maybe in January, maybe they did turn more into resolutions, right? But we maybe lost a few of them along the way, or we didn't keep up with them in the way that we wanted, or we haven't even 
started to look at them. <laughs> so we're really going to look at follow through because a lot of times we have all sorts of stories about why we can't start something now, why we can't finish it now. We make up all these stories about how, you know, we've fallen off the tracks. We're not great. All those things. Those don't help us to take the next step. And so we're going to talk about all of that. And I'm going to show you exactly what you can do to really fulfill your promises to yourself and to really follow through on what it is that you want most. And I'm super excited for that. So that's coming up on February 21st. You can just go to plansimple.com slash workshop and grab your seat and I will see you there. All right. I think that that's my announcements. Are those my announcements? I think those are my announcements for today. That was a lot. So let me tell you a little bit about Jen more officially, besides the fact that she's an amazing Flow 365-er. Jen, who uses the pronouns they, them, is the founder of High Vibe Healing Collective and is using their lived experience as a white-bodied, queer, loving mama to breathe new ways of being and belonging into literally everything she touches. They emphasize inclusivity and conscious co-creation of embodied wellness, uplifting LGBTQ plus communities and inspiring heart aligned leadership for a more justice oriented world. Jen sparks joy filled, loving, cosmically divine communities with a passion for social justice and accountability. And she has no shortage of words to explain this. So I love all your words, Jen. I love how passionate you are about all this. And I'm really excited that you're going to come on right now and teach us what you know, mostly about breath, but I have no doubt that we're also going to hear a little bit about astrology and being a mom and all the things that you bring to the table. So with no further ado, let's get Jen on the show. Hey, Jen, welcome to the Plan Simple podcast. We're taking two. All right. Welcome, Jen, for real. So we start by telling everybody, we're going to go into some really fun topics today, but we just start giving everybody a little bit of an oversight of who you are and what you balance. Absolutely. So I am Jen Murray and the pronouns I use are they, them, theirs. And I consciously and intentionally parenting two loving small humans in this world with a loving and intimate relationship and partnership that is almost 20 years old. It's sort of miraculous to wow. think about. And then simultaneously in my own growth and expansion of being the founder and CEO, which I use very intentionally, and I'll mention that in a moment, of the High Vibe Healing Collective. And so I think, Mia, you know a little bit about me because we've been in different communities together. But for your audience and for those who don't know me, I um, use CEO very intentionally because I believe that we all are CEOs of our lives, meaning that we are centered energetic and optimistic if we are here on this earth at this moment in time. And the reason that I say that we're centered is that we're grounded and rooted in knowing who we are and where we come from with the intention and the possibility of becoming something even greater for the legacies that are seven generations beyond us and seven generations before us. So there's a lot of like centering, rooting and understanding and grounding in who we are and who we are becoming. I say that we're energetic because we're engaged in energy exchanges, which means that we're really emotionally connected through exchanging energy and really truly being in a space of feeling to heal. And so energy is just, I mean, I should say emotions are just energy in motion. And so for me, that's a real big part of being a 
radically vulnerable and truly authentic and genuine, real leader. And then the final piece is optimistic. I went to as a queer, loving, white-bodied mama of two who is non-binary, identified with a cisgender womanhood alignment, meaning that I was born and assigned female at birth, but I currently identify as non-binary really is a disruption to believing that like we all get an opportunity to show up in the world, not subscribing to systems of oppression and systems that really truly box us in and confine us. So because I am raising generation alpha, two small humans that are in that generation, I really believe that I'm an optimist hoping that the world will be a better place for us and for them. And oh so that is the CEO. Piece of me, and I am here to breathe new ways of being and belonging with People who are busy, overwhelmed, and feel like they are truly disconnected from their heart center so that they can show up more and being that heart-centered CEO that I just described. I love it. I love that CEO has nothing to do with entrepreneurship. So cool. So <laughs> you have not always been an entrepreneur, true? Correct. I had a longstanding career as somebody working in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, and really educating and coaching thousands of young people in their own identity development journeys, working specifically with LGBTQ plus communities and gender around gender. So I was working with gender and sexuality for most of my career. And prior to that, I had the gift of being able to be overseas and working in uh, health equity. So I was working with maternal and child health and doing work serving as a United States Peace Corps volunteer oh, in cool. Niger, West Africa. So I always say that I love to have the global and local connections. And so this podcast feels like, you know, I'm into the plan simple because I want people to simply bring embodiment of joy and a breath of freedom and a little bit of conscious, connected heart love into the world. I love that. So what led you to entrepreneurship? Yeah. So I had been in this longstanding career, and I like to say that in the end of this career, as I was experiencing both a combination of burnout and a bit of like toxicity and hostility in the workplace, I really discerned that the way in which I um, was going to promote my own well-being was by taking a leap. And I used this image that was gifted to me at the time when I jumped of taking my hand off of the trapeze that was attached to a very secure and stable income and grabbing the bar that was going to go over a net and trust that there would be some net of entrepreneurial communities that would catch me. And I really feel like I've been blessed because I have a number of entrepreneurs across the globe that I'm connected to. And also it gave me an opportunity to pursue a bit of a dream where I could elevate the vibrational potential and frequency of people towards dignity and humanity and integrate yep. my zones of genius into one sort of beautiful package of the I High Vibe it. Healing Collective. I love it. So, yeah. and did you have the tool of breath work as you were heading into entrepreneurship or did Ooh. that come later? Such a good question. So no, actually in the midst of my difficult and challenging circumstances within my workplace, I happened to also discover breathwork as being the tool that really helped me to regulate and to get me back into center and to get me into a place where I could at least be showing up, even if it wasn't in my best version of me. But I think it was giving me an opportunity to truly find a new perspective, take a little bit of spaciousness inside of myself. And really, as I say to all of the people that I get to work with, cultivate some inner resources for being able to navigate difficult and challenging times. So mm -hmm. it was a breath that really saved me. And I know that it is often 
that people feel really alone when they're in workplaces and then in spaces where they're not experiencing unconditional love and I would just say validation and being wrapped with affirmation for showing up in their fullness and their authentic self. And I believe that our breath is one of the things that we hold during times of stress. It's one of the things that we oftentimes make more shallow when we're in a place where we don't feel like we're able to show up from our heart. And I think that it's also a tool. I mean, I should say it's a resource that's both conscious and unconscious. And so it's happening for us, whether we're present to it or not. And for me was the thing that's kept me alive because I really had that same feeling of very depth of not wanting to take another breath in the spaces and times where I was feeling so much harm and violence. And I know that that our world is full of that and that there are many injustices and atrocities occurring. And so to be able to have the breath as a resource that is something that we have full agency over and also gives us an opportunity to connect both with ourselves, with nature, and in community. It's really powerful, I think, for me. That was my experience because when I was waking up in the middle of the night, my breathwork community was around the globe. And so I had opportunities to be able to breathe with people around the globe. It was their evening or daytime hours. And I was able to regulate and recenter my nervous system and bring myself back into a place of being able to just get clear about how this place was no longer serving me and that I needed to promote my own self and my own well-being and take the journey into being a become a breathwork facilitator. So I would say that breath was not always my tool. Prior to that, my tool was meditation and mindfulness. And so I feel like, you know, it's good to have a variety of tools when you're in yep. places and spaces that are difficult and hard. I feel like breath is one of those things and like in essence it's so simple. Like and we've been being told probably like by people all throughout our life, just take a deep breath, right? Like we get, we hear that often. Yeah. And yet like it's, I don't want to say it's like a complex tool, but like there is a lot of complexity to it. So, and I just think there's like a lot of, I mean, in some sense, it's so simple. And in some senses, like it takes a lot of practice to really be somebody who can breathe and feel calm. Will you tell us a little bit about like, first of all, when you're more consciously breathing, like what that's doing and like why that helps. And then maybe you can take us into like what that might look like. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, breath work is something that is, there are a large variety, I guess, of forms of breath work. And so there are very simple daily practices that people can integrate in a few moments in their life. And then there are practices And that might be like, I'll just use an example would be like the box breath where people talk about Mm -hmm. like holding or, you know, breathing for a count and then holding for that same count out and then letting it go for that same count and then closing the box by holding it out for that same count. And so a lot of times people call it a four part box breath. But that being said is like, those are like there's daily practices. And then there's also like journeys with breath work. And so what I really love to facilitate is the journey with breath work. And so mm. in short, I would say that breath work is like an extended practice that is something that held in space and community, you get an opportunity to like 
experience it as your own form of medicine because you have full agency and control over your own breath during the practice, but you also have an opportunity to stretch yourself and move yourself maybe into a little bit of a space of discomfort in order to be able to grow and to like get to those edges of growth and exploration for yourself. And so it's not just, you know, I mean, I would say that it is incredibly magical on many levels, but it's not just magical because it helps to regulate the nervous system. And it really does sort of bring people into a balancing of their mood, releasing toxins from all parts of your body. So I think of it as a big internal massage and something that is clearing on a lot of levels. And in my opinion, it really is something that like gets you to be able to be rebalanced and take and adjust your own brainwave frequencies. So I think in some respects, it's, you know, it's got like some deeply meditative benefits as well as physiological, but it really gets us into trauma clearing and into spaces and places where we can open up our own practice of exploration. So the easiest way to describe it is four different portals. So the breath practice that I actually utilize is called conscious connective breathing. And there's no pause at the top, no pause at the bottom. And it's a circular continuous breath. And there's a distinction because a lot of people are familiar with yogic breathing. I already talked about box breathing, but like the distinction with the conscious connective breath, in my opinion, is, is that, or in my experience, I should say, is that you're looking at four different portals. So you're looking at kind of going through the physical doorway where you're going to experience different sensations in your body. You might have like twitches or you'll notice maybe aches and pains from old injuries that'll come alive. And it's just a gift to be able to send your breath to it. And then you've got the emotional pieces, which are really about looking at your like how your body is in terms of like, what are the sensations? Where have you held old emotional experiences that maybe you haven't let yourself process or you've suppressed? And so those may arise. You also have the like stories or the mental processes. So you can have the intellectual piece where you'll have different stories that'll come in and rise up. Something of an old past will be like, you'll breathe and all of a sudden remember, oh, that time that I was doing something really joyful or something that was really sad. And then you have the final doorway and portal, which is sort of the energetic and the spiritual realm. And so you may be connecting to whether it's ancestors or, you know, if you like whatever belief system you hold, if it's like something related to, you know, animals and spirit guides, or if you're thinking about nature, or maybe it's related to like a deity or some sort of godlike presence or some type of Allah or any sort of tradition. So it's like a tradition that sort of transcends sort of any spiritual practice, but whatever your practice is, you may get connected. And then I can say that all of those things may happen and none of them may happen in a breathe. Perhaps people will show up for a breathe and it'll just be like their body needed deep rest and they'll just end up falling asleep during the practice. And I'll say to them, that's exactly what you needed. The breath gave you what you needed, which is a sense of deep rest, especially if you're an exhausted working parent. So I think that like, you know, you just honor the breath for being able to like bring you through the journey that is meant for you in that moment and know that no two breathes will ever be alike. And you'll always get to get a different experience from every breathe because of the fact that your breath is going to take you where you need to go. And it's not necessarily, yeah, it's not necessarily dictated by the facilitator or the space holder, but it's really dictated by what your breath has to teach you in that moment. I don't know if I answered your question fully now that I've like, like you were asking me about breath and it's conscious connected. So I think I said that to you. So like maybe modeling it would be helpful, like what the breath sounds like. Cause I think that sometimes people, you know, they know things like Wim Hof and they know the very athletic breaths. And this breath is actually one that is 
It can be done either in and out through the mouth or in and out through the nose. And the only distinction is, is that you're not actually stopping and pausing at the top or the bottom. So it sounds like this. It goes. And you're not getting into a place of hyperventilation, but you will also, besides getting a full body internal massage, I can guarantee that for everyone, but I also can guarantee that you'll have a dry throat and a dry mouth. And that's something that is natural in the physical process, but you'll bypass that as you move on through the breathe. And so most people that I breathe with, we breathe for somewhere between 20 to 45 minutes, depending upon the length of the session that they're working with me in. Oh my gosh, I love that. First of all, I love the name a breathe. That's a new thing. <laughs> I've never heard that term before. I'm like, that's a cool word. We should, yeah. is, that, is that a thing? Like do people go to, I guess they do with you. They go to breathe class or they go to yeah. a breathe session. Yeah. No, so I've never heard it called that. I like oh, that. Oh yeah. So there's, I oftentimes say like I'm hosting a breathe because I want everyone to come in and consciously breathe because we unconsciously that. breathe all the time. Otherwise yeah. we're dead. Yeah. So. yeah. And I actually didn't realize that what you do, and I've been hearing you talk about this for a long time, was that kind of session. I love all of that. That's so cool. So, and I can see how that would be a tool that one could use, you know, instead of a certain kind of meditation, or it's just, it's one of those tools that you can go really relax and go on your own internal journey. I will share that I have been doing this thing for a little while now, <laughs> as this is going live where, so I used to like have this thing where I was going to be the kind of person who could like wake up extra early and have like three hours to do all the things like the breathing. Now I'm going to call it the breathe, the, you know, journaling, all the things. and a little bit ago, I was like, you know what, those are the things that make the biggest difference. If I do those things, then everything else is easy, or much clearer, or I know exactly what to do. I don't get into overwhelm. And so I used to try to wake up early. And now I'm doing two hours a day, I literally like I have, you know how you have like the stopwatch on your thing. So what I let myself off the hook was was needing to do it all at once. But my new rule is that the two hours has to happen during my work day. So I have the timer on my phone. And so whenever I like engage, like, so if I was to come to a session with you, like have the timer ticking, and then when I end it, I would stop it. And at the end of the day, I just have to have made it to two hours. So however that looks. So I have an alarm that now goes off on my phone at three, because I like to stop by five. And if I haven't done it, then I have to stop at three and go do my like thing. So I love this breathing thing, because I haven't. Yeah. Oh, stop at that. But I'm really excited. And I can see how helpful that would be. Just like add really quickly for me too, is that a breathe as an individual is really powerful because like, it's like, you know, you can hold that space for yourself. Like you just described the power of being in like a community or a community yeah. breathe is that there's a lot of opportunity for us to breathe, as I like to call it, collective healing. Like, I mean, it's like, I say to people that like one of the breaths that I do is the breath of belonging and that breath of belonging really is intended to like trust people that they first need to breathe belonging into themselves. Just like I would say, first, we need to breathe love into ourselves before, oh, look at that. It's giving me the thumbs up. But first we need to breathe love into ourselves and then we get to breathe the actual like love into the collective or belonging yes. into the collective. And so I really appreciate you sharing like your own personal practice. Cause I will say that like a lot of my experience after I had sort of resolved the very immediate experience with trauma using breath work was to actually take and 
facilitate what I would call my sacred sanctuary in my morning time with my before my family rose, I would get up and I would do exactly what you described. I would do like a two hour practice. But I think that that's based upon the stage and the season. And I know that we talked about like seasons that we're in. But I think that like it's just literally seasons of transformation are like the time in which we change if we access our inner nature wisdom. And that for me is what breathwork does is it like gives you an opportunity to access your inner nature wisdom in an active type of meditation form that doesn't require you to actually like sit still it like encourages you to listen to your body and tune into the wisdom that's inside of you yeah it's interesting because the first time like i've been in this practice now for like probably as this is going live a few months so it's like not that old but the first time i actually heard it was during the pandemic when a lot of corporate type companies were trying to give their employees resources. And I think it was one of the first times that a lot of us wellness people got in the door in a way that we hadn't before because people were paying attention to like how powerful all this was when all their people were totally stressed. Yes. And one of the things I heard during that time, because there was also a lot of, you know, your field was on fire in that time as well, like with inclusion. And one of the things that like really stuck with me is that often companies make their wellness things after work or during lunch. And that's like not really fair because you're asking people to do something extra at a time when they would like normally with their families or eat their meal or whatever. And so it really got me thinking that even as an entrepreneur, I was doing that to myself, right? Like I was giving myself the same thing. Like it, those things had to be outside the work day. And I was like, that's really interesting because technically they make, you know, you and I know that it makes everything more, you are more productive when you're, you know, calming your nervous system is what I care about for people. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I was saying too, cause I also like would say that it's like, you're more connected because it's like, for me, like what I'm most interested in is that people show up accountable, authentic, and also in a space where they're aware of like unconditional presence. Like they're awake to the fact that they are really, truly like no interruptions, fully present for what it is they're engaged in. And that is something that I don't think happens all of the time. Yeah. Well, and it's extra hard if your boss is like, you have to come to this thing, <laughs> you know, like you have to come to Jen's breathwork thing. And you're like, I didn't sign up for that, you know? So yeah, you have a whole thing you have to get people through. Cause I know you do that a lot. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it's like the other piece for me is that you know, people oftentimes say like, Jen, like, so you're working with teams. And the reality is, is I have been working with teams. And in that working with teams, my experience is, is that, you know, it takes away the role, it takes away the title, it takes away the responsibilities. And it gives people an opportunity to know that the company that they work for cares about their well-being. Yeah. And also gives them an opportunity to know that they are in a space and a place where they can innovate and their creativity that comes from inside of them is valued because I think a lot of times when people are stuck or stagnant in a project, they'll end up feeling like they need to be, you know, like to your point, like a little bit more productive or they got to figure out how to be more efficient or they need to figure out like these components. And I think that like taking time to breathe for an hour and a half, you can get way more efficient in what you want to execute because people are actually giving themselves the exact medicine that they need to be able to take their next breath of innovation and of creativity. And so I feel like that's like a distinction of why I've said that like for me, it's breathing with teams that's most impactful. 
And I also find breathing with individuals and executives to be really nourishing. But I can share a quick experience that I had in a journey that I facilitated. I was with, I was serving as the director of wellness for a voyage that took place that went from New York City to Bermuda. And it was an intentional floating conference, all dedicated to empowerment and empowering people in their differences. And the beauty of this experience was that every day I held a different space for them to really tune in to what it would look like for them to bring wellness and well-being into their workplace. And I entered by saying, you know, the welcome, we're all coming here, but we're not necessarily all well. And there's an implication that in welcome that we are, there's the we in welcome, there's the well implied in welcome. And the reality is a lot of times when we show up places, we aren't well, and the we is not necessarily invited. We want people to like show up in individualistic patterns and rugged individualism exists. And there's a desire to be focused on the I and the me and the achievement and the ambitions. And it doesn't really foster that sense of belonging or that togetherness. And so anyhow, but the welcome was so essential. And when we took welcome and we looked at the we, we said, I said to them, I want you to feel like we want you to come as you are. And by the end of this journey, I hope that you feel that sense of welcome and the literal we and the literal well in welcome be part of what you are experiencing. And in midway through the journey, one of the people had said to me, Jen, this breath work was so profound. And they had shared of their experience with the breathe. And they had said, I just hadn't ever imagined that I would be, you know, on a cruise ship with a group of almost all strangers and able to like access such deep wisdom from within myself. And I said, well, the power of it is, is that like your body will go to the level of like safety that you create for it. And then it will also use your breath in a way that nourishes and invites you in. And in this case, this person had shared that they had like a loved one who has crossed over and is an, a well ancestor visit them. And they had shared about the experience that they had in their own physical body as a black person on the ship, remembering that their ancestors didn't have that freedom or that sense of being able to travel across the seas in the liberated way that they were. And it was just so powerful to like in a very singular sense of a breathe. We had like one session where we did deep breath work together to have these like stories arise of people really getting into access their own inner nature wisdom. And it ties back into like what I think people need when they're in a season of transformation and a season of change. So yeah, I love that. That's so yeah. good. Thank you. So I have a random, this is like the most technical random question, but when you're leading breeze, are people sitting or lying down? So I always, again, believe fully in agency and autonomy. And so it's invited and suggested and often recommended that people lie down. But if yep. they are feeling like they're really wanting to not fall asleep, if someone has some attachment to not falling asleep during the breathe, I say, feel free to sit in the way that feels most comfortable and nourishing to your body in this moment in time. However, if you are lying down, it typically the invitation from me, again, I'll be giving some guidance and gentle guidance throughout my breathes. And I always say to people, like, take what resonates and leave the rest. Yeah. Like, don't feel like you have to track anything I say or follow every word I say, whatever feels most aligned for you. But in particular, listen to your own body. So if I say to you, like, you know, give permission, you know, permission for gravity to hold you and you're 
being held in a seated position or a lying down position. It's however you are showing yeah. up in that moment. It works. But again, the laying down gives people a little bit more ability to like let their muscles relax mm -hmm. and allow for them to not necessarily hold in a pattern that we might hold if we're seated upright. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I think I have two more questions because we're coming to the end of our time. But Love it. so one of the things, I mean, I think one of the gems for you in becoming an entrepreneur, if I understand correctly, was that you got to also step into mothering and being home with your kids at a different level, right? So, yes. and I feel like I, you've used other breathing probably just as much and other tools to really help you with the process of parenting the way that you wanted to. So will you tell us a little bit about maybe other modalities that you also call on other tools that have helped with the parenting piece? Yeah, absolutely. And I know at the time that we're recording this, I'm actually in the completion process. I'm in the process of finishing an Astro brand certification. And the reason I came into astrology and really found Astro branding as particular is because of my being a entrepreneurial parent. And so I think knowing that like, I was the person who was at home and working from home and working remotely during the pandemic times and lockdown in particular. And I had two humans at the time, they were a kindergarten K4 and third grader. And my loving intimate partner was is in healthcare. And so therefore, they were not present most of the time. And there was a lot of concern just about everything going on within healthcare. And so, you know, we had a lot of I would say less than glorious moments of my being a parent. And I would just <laughs> say that like in that journey of like finding myself like yelling and arguing and like just having outbursts and rage, which I know was probably partially related to like what was going on in the global atmosphere and in the collective skies. And also I knew it was like partially related to like how I just was like showing up as a parent under stress and duress. And I was really upset with myself for that. And I turned to astrology because I discovered that like each of our children hold a unique chart that they have that's like mapped to who they are when they took their first breath into the world as when the planets and stars are aligned in a certain way. And in that configuration, I started to realize, oh, this is why this is activating me with my youngest child, or this is what's happening with my oldest child. And I see how I'm, for example, with my youngest child, we have fire and water, or I mean, I should say fire and air combination. And our fire and air was really explosive in the times of the pandemic. And I think that that was really brought on by my being an air and being like the person who was like literally, you know, fanning the fire of with every word I spoke and ultimately creating these explosions. And so I think that for me, astrology as like got woven into my like toolbox because I was like, I know that this is a tool that's giving me a more a greater awareness of how I want to show up as a parent, how I want to run my business, how I want to like be in rhythms with nature. And so I really love that I'm going to be in this phase as this podcast goes live of welcoming people in to talk about what does it look like to get into your natural rhythms lead from your own chart of wisdom that was when you took your first breath and also breathe purpose and belonging and potential into your life, especially looking at those people who are midlife awakening, because I think that like it's in the midlife awakening for me that all of my charts sort of started to light up. And I became really clear that everything from experiencing perimenopause to like, you know, how I was parenting to how I was 
building and growing a company to how I was actually showing up in the world was really within my chart of interactivities and how I could be more conscious and intentional about taking each breath underneath the collective skies with intention. Can you explain like something, like just something specific that shows up in a chart that like helps? Like, I don't know, just like, just so that if for anyone who has never had their chart read or is like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like what's something that would show up that would help you like specifically know to do something a different way than you might've done before you read your chart? Yeah. So that's a great question. So for all who are astro curious and maybe desire to be astro inspired like I am, which is the combination of astrology and breath work because inspiration is breath. But that being said, I say like, if you're interested, I think that the signature, the top three signatures, which people usually know are their sun, their moon, and their rising. If you don't know those, you can easily find those by like putting in your birth information into most of the charts that are free on the internet. Astro.com would be an example of one. People want to be able to go directly and find one. But then when you look to your own chart, in particular, as a parent, I was looking to my child's chart and looking at where for me, the symbol of the moon was because I happened to be the person who carried both of our children. And so I looked at like the nurturing presence, which is the first place in which our children, you know, like we're growing <laughs> inside of us. And then ultimately being the parent who gave birth, I was the one who was like closest in proximity during the years of, you know, breastfeeding, all of those things. And so I would say that looking at the moon, you get a sense of like the person who's like the one who's like the nurture, the first point of contact for a child in that relationship. And I expand that out because I know that there are people who have different familial configurations. So, you know, the person who is like sort of the first one to be most closely in the home or in the space of initial like connection to raising the child. And oftentimes that can be shared, but it gives you a sense of like, oh, how it is my child perceives me is through their moon sign. And so mm. understanding like where it is that their moon is, is like in particular for me as the nurturing at home, work from home parent, it was their moon. And so understanding their moon and how it interacts with my moon. And so like, what are two big differences? Like, are there two big differences between your two kids? Like, yeah, totally. Say, like, like totally. this one is this way and this is this way because of their moon. Yeah. So it's maybe I need to do a clear distinction. So I understood they perceive me, even if that's not how I am. So for Got example, it. like for my moon, it's how I perceive my mom. And I actually like an example would be like, you know, like my description with my own children, the distinction between the youngest and the oldest is like my youngest is very much like sees me like taking center stage, a little bit dramatic, got a lot of flair, like really like sort of like fun loving, life of the party, go have a good time, like basically full on inner child play, like all joy, like, and then in the maybe like shadowy sides of it, it's like super dramatic, really, really like, yeah, just drama, trauma exchanges. And then with my oldest child, it's more so looking at like, they perceive me as being like this deep and really transformative person, but also like, highly secretive and maybe a little bit like talking about taboo topics in society, like sexuality and sensuality, for example. Oh, and interesting. Those like, they're very different perceptions of who I am, but like that's, and not always necessarily resonant with who I am, but I see how they could see that in me based upon understanding that that's where they're coming from. And then how I interact with them is I look at it at the elemental level. And so there's like a deeper dive, but like a little bit more is like when I said to you, 
our youngest air and fire. I'm air, they're fire. My oldest is water. And so if you think about it, how air and water work together, we look at hurricanes, we look at tornadoes, we look at things that are like whipping around when they're sort of in tension and conflict. And otherwise we look at like a gentle, soft rain that's nourishing in the like earth. And like we have, you know, kind of just this like, I don't know, the breeze is soft and hopefully there's warm winds. But then if you think about like our, my youngest child, it's like if I, I can blow out their fire with my air or I can like bring their fire to life, but like in a gentle way, not in such an explosive way. So that's how I would say I started to utilize the elemental components alongside the astrological. That's so cool. Like I can just see how, I mean, I can see how you'd need to spend some time with all this. (laughs) Yeah. How that could really start to inform just all sorts of situations around and really nuance it. You know, we know that like, it's so easy to like want to be the same with each kid. And, you know, most of us know that that's not the way to be, but this is such a great tool for understanding how you might be different with different humans. I love it. Love it. So good. And I'm going to quickly expand it because I just want to make it relevant for a team. Like the way that you look at it for a team is like sort of, again, thinking about how you're elementally engaging in communication, showing up, like seeing where communication shows up. And there are dimensions to that that I think are valuable because it helps people to sort of understand oh, like I don't want to put out this person's fire, but I also need to like make sure that like my like air gets felt and experienced and that I'm not like, you know, blown to the side, if you will. So like, I think that there's like, again, elemental components of balance that I think are within charts when you're reading it for teams and families. And so part of my big inspiration is that like my family of creation in this life, we hold an elemental balance across the moons, which is why I use elements in the moon in my primary focus with familial pieces. I love it. Oh my gosh. And I'm just thinking like, oh, who's listening? Who's cool enough to bring astrology to their team? (laughs) (laughs) It's all risky, but oh my gosh, if it works, go for it. So good. And the cool thing about a team is I feel like there's probably some point where you did all this work where you didn't tell your kids because they were too young to really understand. And then maybe you start now translating it as they're getting older. But I feel like with a team, it's cool because like everybody can own their own thing and start to explain how they're interacting with other, like really understand the dynamic in a way that is harder to understand if you don't, you know, if you're not working in this way. So cool. All right. So we're going to put links in the show notes Awesome. with how to get in touch with Jen, which I think is your website. Is that true? Is that your most active? It'll be my website and there'll be some offerings by the time this goes live. Awesome. So we'll put all those links in the show notes so you guys know how you can connect with Jen, either about breath work or astrology or both of them or everything above. I have to, I do have to share, you'll like this story, Jen, that a very, very dear family friend recently passed away. He was my husband's mentor in college. Mm. And we were recently at his celebration of life, which was a year after his death, actually. And I always have this slip. So he's like one of like the world renowned astronomers. And I always call it astrology when I'm there. So you're with like all these academics and I always use the wrong word. And everyone has always like looked and I'm like, I know I'm going to do it now whenever I go, but clearly, you know what I believe in. <laughs> okay. So Mia, now I can share my other story. So I went to go to get my eyes checked and I think it's just great because the optometrist was like doing my eye exam and 
you know, I'm talking and I say I'm an astrologer and she's like, oh my goodness, like I went to like see these, like this thing. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I didn't know what she was talking about in the time. And she said something about like, I went to go see this thing. It was like out in Denver, Colorado. It was like, we were like out there. And she's like, and then we had like all the telescopes. And I was like, oh, she talked about astronomy. But I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so then I like, she was like, about 10 minutes into her like excitement of like enthusiasm of having like met astron like connecting with me about my astronomy practice and she was like oh you said astrology and i was like <laughs> and i was like but i was like not i didn't have enough heart to like be like i actually said i was an astrologer because i was just like it's cool like we all it's believe all the in the stars, stars. the stars <laughs> the stars are really cool so I mean, and I want to say too to your audience that I have a heart-centered meditation that I offer through one of the links that will be in the show notes. It's really around just like five minutes because I know that like when I was experiencing my greatest stress and duress and trauma, I just needed somebody to say to me like, what could I do for five minutes for myself that yeah. isn't going to involve anybody else, but is going to involve my breath, involve my presence and involve like the connection to my own potential transformation from within. And that is it. something that I think yeah. will be really beneficial and valuable to your audience. Amazing. Yeah. My two hours is definitely 20 years in the making, or yeah. I guess 48, if you're counting all the years that it took to get to the 20 years ago where I needed to do it. <laughs> so, yes. 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 All right. I will see midlife awakening. Like that's the other piece that like, for me, I'm in this journey because I'm only a couple of years below you. And I think that like so many things change and shift in our midlife that like our society and our world doesn't necessarily speak to us about as oh my God. people who are like cisgender, like women, like aligned in the sense of like, I think cis folks who are women identified and also I think folks who are non-binary and have had some sort of socialization in womanhood it's like a very big deal that like we don't have a lot of like real conversations about kind of the changes that happen within our bodies and our beings and so that was also we my reason around here <laughs> and around <laughs> your world so yes i know i know right? exactly exactly all right jen thank you so much and everyone go find jen and thank you for being here and yeah Everyone go breathe. Everyone go to, I'm going to, it's my new word. I'm going to go to a breathe. Yeah. All right. I so love good. it. Yeah, thank thank you. you. At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes. So you can take what you've heard and put it into action because action is how change happens. <laughs> and often we feel like our actions have to be so big in order to match the bigness of our desires. But I have seen over and over and over again that the little things really do add up, I promise you. By stacking a series of doable changes, you will create that big change. You will 100% create the change you crave. And so I always encourage you at the end of every episode, choose one thing, one thing that really resonated with you and make it part of your week, of your life, of your days, however it folds in. So I always choose three so that you have some ideas of what to roll with. And again, it's not so that you go with all three, it's so that you choose the one, all right? So here are three doable changes for my conversation with Jen. You could try a daily breath practice. You could have both a daily breath practice and go on a journey with breath work. You could choose a daily practice like the box breath, 
or another specific breath that you've learned or something you've heard me teach around here or one of our guests teach, you could schedule a time to do it daily. And here's the thing. For a lot of the simple breaths, like I'm thinking of the box breath. So if you don't know the box breath, it's that you inhale for the count of four or any count, but I'm going to use four. You inhale for the count of four, you hold for the count of four, you exhale for the count of four, and you hold that for the count of four. And you can sort of draw your finger around a square to count all of those fours. So if I'm doing my math, That means four times four, that's one box breath is only 16 seconds. So if you do three, it's still under a minute. And it's so calming. We often do that at the beginning of our get something done sessions. So see what happens when you make it a regular part of your day. And if this is your doable change, then you would really try to make that happen. You would do what you need to do to make it happen. And for some people, that's like, having 10 stones on their desk that they move from one side to the other so that they know how many times they've done it in a day. Sometimes it's a checklist. We have a daily habits page in the flow planner. So it could be that, or you could set an alarm on your phone, right? So you figure out how you can make it a regular part of your day and you let it become a habit that really supports you. Okay. Number two, breathe consciously. So we all have to breathe, (laughs) y'all. Unfortunately, we don't have to think about it most of the time. And that said, have you ever, has anyone ever told you like, just breathe? Or have you ever told a kid, just breathe? So there are moments when we definitely hold our breath. So spending time consciously breathing can really make a difference. So what happens if you just spend time bringing attention and consciousness to your breath? Again, it's just pauses. It's not even remembering to do anything extra. It's just pausing and bringing attention to what's already happening. All right, doable change number three. Try a guided breathwork journey. I, if you couldn't tell, love the word (laughs) going to a breathe, which I think is what Jen calls it. So breathwork can really take us on an internal sort of meditative journey And that's what breathwork facilitators do. So you could look up a class in your area. A lot of times yoga studios have them. And also in this day and age, there's so much happening online. So see what you see. And I've been to retreats that have breathwork. I know Jen leads breathwork at retreats. I've also been to like online things. We incorporate it into flow all over the place. Like there's lots of ways to go find some guided breath work. And I know what I was going to say. My mind just went boop was that you can also do it privately with someone. So if you're feeling conscious, you could do it with a practitioner and it might be just the most healing thing ever. So remember and trust that breath will take you where you need to go in the moment. It really is a presencing tool. All right, that's what I got. Those are our three doable changes. Which one are you going to choose? Come have a chat with us over on Instagram. Part of my 2024 goals are to like try to be over there and like actually in conversation. I have in the past gone in and out. I've always seemed to be there, I know, but my attention span goes in and out of Instagram, but I really want to be in conversation with you. So I'm always looking for ways to do that. All right. I'll see you real soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. 
And if you can find a five-minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart, and have a great day. 